0: I just imagine that all of heaven is coming through me and through wow. my hands into them. Mm-hmm. And and that's amazing. I actually had a patient tell me that one time. He he was leaving. I forget what kind of backhand he was having, but it was horrible. Mm. And I just, I, I didn't have a chance to pray with him because I'm in a secular clinic. But as he was leaving, he turned and I was saying goodbye and with I did the same thing. I put mm. my hand on his shoulder, and I just imagined all heaven going wow. in him. He came back a week later and said that when I did that, something, hit him mm. and he was totally healed, and and he was crying too. It's about emotional stuff. So much of this stuff is usually hooked to old memories and soul wounds mm. and emotion.
1: Welcome to the Ask About My Faith podcast, where our hope is to inspire everyday faith conversations.
2: I'm Jess. And I'm Abby. Today, we are bringing you a conversation we had with Anna Kokish. Anna is a married mother of five who's in her fourth year as a medical student and runs a family-owned Spanish Emergent childcare Center. Anna lives a no-fear, no-worry life. Wouldn't that be nice? She has seen a lot of pain and experienced some big losses through her life, including the death of her young son. And through it all, she instills hope in the people around her. She's going to share stories about her call to health care, the impact she's seen with teenagers at mental health facility, and a patient who recently lost her husband, among others. Anna is a complete joy to be around and to listen to. Let's jump in.
1: Well, Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to hear some of your stories. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. We would love for you to start by sharing about how you came to faith. I know, as it is for many people, it's kind of a two-step thing. Accept Christ and later on it really becomes real. Tell us about that.
0: Oh, that is dead on right there. <laughs> you hit the, the nail on the head there. So yeah, I remember um, my my parents actually received Christ at two years old with the Jesus People Movement. And we came from families of addiction and abuse and poverty and to where we moved to Eden Prairie when I was four years old and I had a very great childhood and was raised in the church. So I'm very, very thankful that they received Christ um, when I was two. And at four years old, I remember being in a children's church and this little green puppet, I think it was a frog, and he went through the, the prayer of faith and I said it and I knew Jesus came into my heart then. And I always went to like youth group and love God. And when I would go to the big, you know, retreats with youth group, I would feel the Holy Spirit. And every Sunday after that, when I would go to worship, I could feel him. But I don't think I ever fully understood that when you leave the church, that can go with you. I I don't know where the disconnect was, but that I knew when I was in trouble, I could pray to God and he would help me. But I didn't know how much we could live heaven on earth wherever we go. And so I ran into I don't know if it was from a bad business deal or what, but something happened to where one week in November, 2011, I, and I'm like the most joyful, happy person, never worried about money. We'd have big monies coming in, big monies going out, no big deal. This week I was completely full of anxiety, fear. I, I wanted to kill myself. I was screaming so bad at my husband. He actually hit me once, but he's never hit me. Um, it was just, it wasn't me and it, it was horrible and it was pure torment in my mind. And um there was some mental illness, my family, so when I called my mom and dad, they're like, Okay, the mental illness is just coming out now, you know? And so my we called some psychiatrists and we were on the way to get me a hospital bed. So we were getting ready to go go to the hospital because I just had so much torment in my mind and I didn't know what to do and I was so so worried and so full of fear and that something told me to, and I don't know, I still don't know like if it was in my heart or my mind or what, but I knew that I was supposed to stop at the church first. And so I told my parents, let's go to the church first. I went to the church I grew up at, but I hadn't been going Wednesday nights because I had little kids. And so you didn't want to go from like daycare all day, pick them up and then go straight to church and put them in nursery all night. So I hadn't been going, but um, we went that night and I just told this lady I wasn't doing well and she prayed for me and it was a really simple prayer and it was nothing dramatic. And it was it it totally set me free and all the torment left my mind and right then i knew when that left me there's another world that we can't see that's more important than the world that we do see and that just became a reality to me at that time
1: that's so powerful i know there is so much mental health going on mental health challenges happening in our in our day and that's not new to our world or in our society but it's encouraging to hear about someone
2: who had an encounter with the Lord and that helped turn it around for you. Can you say more about how you knew there was a world that we can't see?
0: I think just feeling, you know, no one can look at me and see it, but when you just feel that torment, 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 and then all of a sudden it's gone and like nothing has changed in the physical world, you know, and, but I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but you know what that is. Or even just like hopelessness. I know um kind of gonna jump into this one, but after my son died, I prayed that night, Lord, take all this pain. And he did, but I woke up the next morning with no pain, mm. but I didn't have any hope. And you don't even know what hope is till you don't have it. And so the hope is like just something as simple as like I'm excited to go to Starbucks and get a coffee or a latte or, you know, in, in the fall to go get a pumpkin spice Mm. latte, you get kind of excited. (laughs) Are you excited about you're excited about a vacation coming up or something? I didn't have any of that. And so I remember telling God, okay, thank you for that. I don't have pain, but can I get some Mm. hope back? And I would say within 24 hours, I got some hope back. So all that stuff is so real. It's so real.
2: Well, and I think even you sharing that, like you, uh, you've been through some real trials and some really hard things and for you to say that God took away that pain and gave you hope after losing your child—that's a miracle,
0: completely. And we can't heal that ourselves. So I don't want anyone feeling bad because maybe they still have pain. But God and Jesus, Holy Spirit—they're gentlemen, so they'll they'll take it if you give it to them. But sometimes they, or they'll they'll receive it if you give it to them. But they usually won't come and take it. So you have to make that free will decision to say, please take this because I don't want to anymore. And they can, they can, he can.
1: Anna, you have used your life experiences and some of that pain to support other people in hard times. Can you share about when you shared you you shared your faith with the patient who had just lost her husband?
0: Okay, that was pretty recent. That was even very recent. So basically... What you what you just said—that's what I'm able to do. So there's so many people. They'll come in. They'll come in for backaches, and when you're, you know, in in my clinicals for medical school, and you're talking to them, and even though they come in for the backache, they start crying because they've just lost somebody. You know, they've just lost uh, a husband or or a loved one, and so just to be able to give them that hope by saying, "Okay, I I know you're feeling pain," and but. God can take it away. And then I'll usually do like a prayer inside of me and just give them like the half hog or even just touch their shoulder. And I just imagine that all of heaven is coming through me and through my hand into them. And and that's amazing. I actually had a patient tell me that one time he he was leaving. I forget what kind of back pain he was having, but it was horrible. And I just, I, I didn't have a chance to pray with him because I'm in a secular clinic, but as he was leaving, he turned and I was saying goodbye. And with I did the same thing. I put my hand on his shoulder and I just imagined all heaven going in him. He came back a week later and said that when I did that, something hit him and he was totally healed and and he was crying too. It's about emotional stuff. So much of this stuff is usually hooked to old memories and soul wounds and emotion I don't know if I'm explaining myself good. Sorry. Yes.
2: No, that's great. I'm curious too, in your secular clinic, if if you are able to pray for people and actually tell them like God loves you, he wants to heal you. Are you able to have those conversations?
0: Believe it or not, I, I do. So, and it depends on who my preceptor is. So I was working with, um, Somebody that was a believer in Texas in a hospital, and so we're there with like and the, and and the doctor knew I was because we had had some encounters um, on the weekend when it was just him and I at the hospital, and, and he knew I was a believer. And so one time we're there with like six other students, mm. and this guy was like 35, and he became paralyzed from a virus, wow. like from eating some shit. Yeah, it was really sad. But in the room there's all these balloons with verses on them. Hmm. So it's kind of telling you, you know, he's open to that. And so all of us are in there with the students and the doctor. And then the doctor says and then we're like leaving. And the doctor says, Anna's gonna come back and talk to you guys. <laughs> and he literally sent me back after everybody wow. left. And he's like, Yeah, you know, he's like new, <laughs> like I want you to go pray with him. And so I did. And so I wasn't with the doctor, I wasn't with the students, but but there was definitely prayer there. And, um, also I would say in other situations too, in clinic that there was one preceptor that wasn't, wasn't too open to talking about God. And so I was really clear after we finished the physical and finished the diagnosis, I said, this is nothing to do with the clinic. This is just me. And this is what Mm -hmm. I've experienced in this, you know, hopefully you can take this. So I feel like that's good. Just like doing the line, Also, I worked at Transplant, which uh, for four years, we took all the death calls for North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and I would speak to the families within three hours of the death of like their three-year-old died in a fire or their two-year-old that got hit by a car. And we would talk about donation of heart valves and skin and bone and eyes. And after we were done with all the medical social history and all that talk, at the end, I would say I... I'm a believer. Can I pray with you quick? And I would shut my eyes and we would pray. And I would pray for all those angels to go with them and be with them in that time. And this, my son hadn't died yet. So that, so I didn't tell mm. him my personal experience, but I just knew that God had angels in heaven. And and if we prayed, he would actually send them. And I know he will send them. And I never got called once. And most of those calls were recorded and they never called and, and, and gave me an employee warning notice or anything. So.
1: What do you think? I mean, cause my assumption is that that probably wasn't exactly something that they would say, Oh yeah, go ahead and pray with people. Right. But no, but no, so what do you, what do you think? How do you, how did you not get reported or anything like that?
0: I don't know. I don't know if it's just, maybe I probably did say, you know, this is just me. This has yeah. nothing to do with, with, with this company or this organization. It was a nonprofit organization. So yeah, I think if you just tell them that yeah. and then, and then just keep moving forward till someone says no, but nobody
1: has ever said no to me. Sure, wow! I think that's a great note, something yeah, for us yeah. to keep in mind yeah. when you know if we're a little unsure: can I share my faith? Can I not? Yeah, you know what? Take ownership of it because it is our faith. It's something that we can be proud of, and that may be a
2: helpful step in the right direction. Especially when people are in crisis. I mean, that mm. is when they need the the hope and the the love of Christ through us the most. Definitely, mm.
1: definitely. Wow yeah Anna you have another story of sharing your faith as someone who was in crisis or had recently been in a crisis situation.
0: Yes, and so I was doing my rotation at a they call it behavioral health, which is mental health uh behavioral health hospital and i was uh with specifically with adolescents so i believe like twelve to seventeen year olds and mostly they were um they would try to commit suicide and then the police would bring them in or the school counselor would refer them and so they all had to stay with us for at least 72 hours and to speak with i remember one specifically when that was so powerful in my life where he had tried how many times to kill himself and different ways too and he was just so lost and so hurting and so for me to come in and to be able to tell him with heaven's point of view which is look This world has tried to kill you how many times, and it has not succeeded. You're still here. You are still breathing. You're still living. And I said, that's because you still have purpose. You've got a purpose to fulfill here. And so, I mean, it's I guess I didn't specifically say Jesus, but I mean, that's what it is, right? You have purpose. He he knew you before you were born. And I, I thought the conversation went really well. I thought he looked really different. I didn't realize what an impact it was until... 72 hours later, when he sits down on the couch in front of the psychiatrist, and he has a total glow about him, he's smiling, and he says to the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist is like, oh, well, you know, why do you think we can let you go now and go home? And he said, because I have purpose. I have purpose in my life. And that's just like, oh, my gosh, he listened to what I say. And he he took it, you know, and that that was so amazing. And that's for all of us.
2: Yeah. He was a teenager. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: He was a young Hispanic teenager.
1: Can you imagine just the, the impact that that made? Because he's a teen. Now he's got so much life ahead of him mm. that he's pursuing a passion that before he didn't even realize was there. That is so cool.
2: Amen. Hmm. When you were working at the, in that mental health clinic hospital, did you run into a lot of adolescents that didn't have purpose that, that you got to like uh, chat through?
0: I would say almost every single one. Everyone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, every single one. And I'm trying to think of another egg- specific example. I would say, because I, I don't know one, this one keeps coming to my mind. So I guess I'm supposed to talk about it. But it was a GI issue. So she had this thing where her body would not digest food. So then she would stop eating. And so then she is put with us for like anorexia or something and she's like i'm not anorexic my body just doesn't digest food and she had been to the gi doctors that said that too they had timed how long the food and the food was super slow and it would digest but we start talking and it was she remembered at four years old when her dad would just yell at her for if she dropped any piece of food and so she would just stop eating and so and she had a lot of anxiety too so I did bring up with her in my personal life how Philippians 4 6 has helped me, which says, Don't worry about anything, but bring all of your petitions with thanksgiving to God, and He will transcend your mind with peace. And so I would kind of show her how to put the worry into her hand and just give it to God. And I used to have to do that physically at the beginning, but then, you know, after doing it so many times, I could just do it mentally. So if I start to get like a stomach ache because I'm worried about something, it's like, Oh, wait a minute, let me just give that to God with thanksgiving. Mm. And you wouldn't believe how he could take care of it.
1: Emma, <laughs> that verse, Philippians four, six, must be pretty meaningful to you because it sounds like that's that's something you come back to with more people than than just this one patient.
0: Definitely. I It Yeah, I heard it on a radio, a radio show just like yours in 2005. And I have just taken that at heart. And I really use it. It's like an equation. Mm. I like objective, I like numbers, I love data. So it's an equation. So if you're worried, this is what you do. So it's nice to have something to do. And and then just to know that, that when you do give those petitions to God with Thanksgiving, he does send angels from heaven, and he's working on it. And I know he has many, many angels and I know he can see everything in the future, in the past. And he knows, mm-hmm. you know, he knows how, how to work out every situation.
1: Well, that's a pretty easy thing. I mean, hard yeah. in, in one sense, but, simple. but also, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, give my worries to God. Well, I guess it doesn't get much more simple than, than that. Right. Yeah. And so, right. and the physical movement too, I think is yeah. so helpful for our, for our minds to know it's pretty non-threatening. I would say when it comes to sharing, you know, Hey, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Here you go. I know, I know it sounds like it's way too simple to work, but guess what? It does. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Would you be comfortable okay. sharing a little bit more detail about the person who's called you the other evening with the stomach issues?
0: Yeah. So I was in preparation for this program. It was kind of, well, how do I share my faith? And it's, it's, It was hard to even say, how do I do it? Because I pretty, I pretty, I hope that everyone that knows me knows I'm a Christian, but it's just because it's just like so fluid and, and you know, if you've got somebody that's thirsty and you've got water, Mm. you want to give them water. So I don't ever think like, Oh, I probably, I might step on their toes or hurt their feelings if I'm going to say something. No, because I know what we're going to say is going to help them. So like, why would I not help them? Why would I be so selfish and hold this for myself? So I just, it just comes out in conversations. So even like yesterday, someone was having a job interview and didn't know what was going to happen at 3 p.m. And I was like, well, let's just decree and declare right now that God's will be done. Because if you start to pray with somebody like, this is it, this is it, like, you're not God, you don't know, unless God tells you, you know, but that's like, I just, I just think the no fail prayer is God's will be done. And he says that, right? And the prayer, God's will be done on earth as it is in Mm -hmm. heaven. So when she's talking about the 3 p.m., I said, this is the deal. We're going to pray right now. God's will be done. And that's all I said. That Like, we didn't bow our heads. We didn't close our eyes. We were just eating at Tavern 4 and 5. And I just said it like that. God's will be done with this thing at 3 p.m. So if it's meant to be, it'll, it'll work mm. out. If it doesn't, he has better. Yeah. He has right. better. I mean, my brother lives across the street from my parents' house right now. They had tried to get a house a block down. And I said, where do you want to live? And he's like, as close to mom and dad as I can. <laughs> when they try to get the house the block down, it after how many negotiations, they lost it. Mm. And they were so sad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, God's got better. And guess what, a few months later, the next door neighbor opened up, and they got Mm. that house, you know, so we can't see the future. So to talk about uh, you asked about that conversation. So I was speaking with an old friend on the phone, and he's talking about how he's got to go get a colonoscopy and all this because of GI issues. And I just remember from my psych rotation too that. There was so many, no, my GI rotation, there was so many psych meds in GI. And I thought, Uh, this is so interesting. And the GI doc is like, yeah, but if you think about it, all the neurotransmitters in your mind, the same receptors are in your stomach and in your gut. It's like the same. So they use the same medications. It's mind blowing. So you know, it's connected. And even in the medical secular world, they know that there is a correlation between stress and anxiety and like stomach ulcers and stomach issues. They know that. They know that, but you don't have to even have faith to Mm. see the data that that is connected. And so when he said that he had had the stomach issues, I just said, Well, do you worry a lot? He's like, Every day. (sighs) And so I said, Well, this is what works for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's all I said. Philippians 4 6. I showed him the verse and I said, That's just what works for me. So see if that, that," I said, That's my prescription to you tonight,
2: (laughs) is what I told him. Love that.
0: (laughs) I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor yet. I'm not funny, but that's what I
2: said. That's a great way to put it though. So it's just like, hey, this is what works for me. Let me tell you about right. Right, how I give my worry away. That's a, great, that's a great line for all of our listeners to be able to use with their friends that maybe don't know the Lord or other coworkers. And they're talking about what's going on in their life and they're feeling worried about something. It's like, hey, this is what works for me philippians 4. yeah
0: i mean that's not threatening at all right because i'm just sharing with you my point of view my personal experience and and you can take it or leave it you know i don't think that that's offensive or um yeah at all. yeah
2: i know you have another story of a friend um where she was telling you oh it was an old employee about how her husband couldn't find work and you just like paused and prayed for her can you share that story with our listeners
0: Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. There was two in my mind I was thinking about. Yeah. So yeah, that one, again, she just called me up two days ago because she misplaced her W-2 and everyone's doing taxes right now. So, and then she's like, I said, how's everything going? Oh, my husband still hasn't been able to find a job at engineer. And I'm like, well, God's will be done. I'm just going to be praying, you know, that the Lord opens up, you know, whatever job. And actually, I don't know, I kept getting the word present and I was like, okay, that the Lord, he's going to present, Something's going to be presented to you. I, I keep getting that word. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anna. And so I think it's even just like that simple. Like it it doesn't have to be some mind blowing. We're going to meet up and have, you know, oil and holy water. And you know what I mean? It's literally like that simple. And I like to do it right then because if I say I'm gonna pray with you later, I might forget and I don't wanna do that and I don't want to add another thing to my to-do list. <laughs> so it's like let's just get it done as it's happening, you know. And the other thing is then they know, they know that we prayed. We prayed right then, you know. So so then when it happens, you know, they they know it's something to do from heaven. Even if they don't tell you. I've seen a lot of healings later on where they won't say that, that, that they got healed. But I could see by the way they're walking that they got healed and they might not even mention it, that it was God. But then months later, they'll call me and be like, I remember I'm in this trouble right now. And I'm like, well, why are you calling me and not your daughter? And she's like, because I remember when you prayed and I got healed, you know? So they know people are very smart. They'll remember.
2: We need to hear that story.
0: Okay, so that one was a lady and, and the enemy, I don't know how he does mm. within 60 seconds can get you so hopeless. And so she was in the basement of this apartment and she said she had the feeling that she was never going to get out of that basement. And so she needed to kill herself. So she took a whole bottle of pills and slept for a week and it didn't kill her. It just slept for a week. Mm. And the boyfriend, I don't know what he was dealing with, but he thought it was weird. She was lying down. So he set her up on a couch in the living room. So she had all the weight of her body onto her sacrum, Mm. you know, onto her tailbone for a week without moving, which means the, the tissue dies, because there's no mm. oxygen getting there, there's no blood flowing there, if there's so much pressure, and the average conscious person will move around, so sure. there's always blood moving. But if you're unconscious, you won't, or if you're like a paraplegic or someone that can't move, you know, they get the bed. sore. Yeah. it's like the same thing. So she got this huge sacral sore. And then when she wake, woke up, you know, they were treating at the hospital. But years later, when I was talking to her, she was, she was limping and like dragging her her right leg. Mm. And so we're at this like indoor park and her daughter went to church with me and I just met her and, and I'm like, what's up with your leg? And and she told me this story and I just touched her and just said, well, you know, what did I say? I probably said like, you know, cells erase your memory of that trauma and just thank you Jesus for this miracle that the nerves are going to attach. Mm. But it really doesn't even matter what you say mm. because In the book of Mark, it says that these are the signs that will follow those that believe in Jesus. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. I remember praying for a guy with a little boy with cancer in a hospital. Mm. We didn't even pray. We just touched him Mm. and he and he lived. Now, that doesn't happen every time because we did the same for another one and he did die. You know, so Mm. I I don't understand all that healing stuff. Yeah. I, when I get to heaven, I will. But um, so yeah, so I we prayed for her. And then later on, she told her daughter, why did that lady pray for me? And <laughs> Melissa said, Oh, Anna's it's just like, that. it's just Anna, she likes to pray with people. So months later, when I saw her at her house, and she was working with her dog, and she was moving totally fine. And I was like, uh, uh, like this lady's walking, by, you know, <laughs> and I literally thought if I had chalk one up for you God." <laughs> and I didn't fall into the temptation of being offended, like yeah, she didn't even give the credit to God, you know, but I, whatever chalk one up to you God. And so a few months later she called me cause she was in a lot of anxiety and, mm. and she wanted to talk about going to church and and my faith and her daughter I know is a Christian so that's I was like well, why didn't you call your daughter and she said because I remember when you prayed with me and I got healed
1: mm. and so
0: I thought that was so interesting and we went to an amazing service that night so, so
2: good yeah I God is good next week part two of Anna's stories will inspire you with a couple stories of healing and more about how her son's passing opened doors for faith conversations She'll share how God took her grief and restored her hope. Please subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss out and share this episode with anyone who could use some encouragement and inspiration. God bless you this week.